Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. My name is Matt. I am the associate pastor here at the church. It's good to see all of you, all of you here. A lot of stuff coming up. Passion Week. It's good stuff. I encourage you, dive right in. Dive right. I know it feels like a lot, but it is a lot, but like dive in. It's such, such good stuff. So anyway, this morning I want to start by telling you a story from my life. This is the story of my pursuit of my wife. So, yeah, oh, it's not even Valentine's Day. So it started um, with, I was teaching at the time um, over at Jimtown, and my wife, her name is Lori, so I might call her my wife, I might call her Lori, whatever. Um, her aunt was the secretary at the school, and so I'd go, and her name was Carla, and I'd talk to Carla. You know, you, you got to be friendly. When you're a teacher, you got to be friendly with the secretaries and the custodians. That's what they say. So I was friendly with Carla. And anyway, on Carla's desk, there was um, a, a picture, a photo of um, these girls. And so just kind of noticed it, you know, as I get there. And there were her nieces. And so I kind of eyeballed one of them which was my wife. And so I just kind of dropped some hints to Carla, like, who are these people? Oh, they're my nieces. Oh, yeah, well, and then I tried to play coy, like, well, who's, which that one? Oh, that's Gina, and that's that, and then, well, who's this? And then she said, oh, that's Lori. Like, okay. And so I just kind of dropped some hints there, and um, I didn't really get to know my wife that way, but that was, that was kind of my in. I felt that was my in. Well, then one day, I don't even know, if, she says she doesn't remember this, but I was in my classroom and Carla was like giving her a tour of the building. The building was brand new. And so she was giving her a tour of the building, giving Lori a tour of the building. And they happened to stop by my classroom and um, I was sitting at my desk and I remember stopping like, oh, hey, this is my niece, Lori. And my heart was a little bit, I'm like, oh, like, hi, like try to be cool. Try to be cool about this. Like try to be cool. Um, how are you? Nice to meet you or whatever. So, and it was just a, few, a couple minutes. Like I said, my wife doesn't even remember that. Um, but that was the first time I actually saw her live. Like I met her. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so yeah, well, live, whatever. So I'm butchering this all up. But anyway, so in it. Time went on. Lori also taught at the school, at the high school, in the same corporation, a different building. So anyway, some time went by, um, and I finally got enough, um, I guess, courage to ask Carla, like, okay, well, is that your niece? I, you know, and it came out that she was single. She wasn't dating anybody, and neither was I. And so um, I, I think, I don't remember all the details, but I think I asked her for her number, you know, like, can I get her phone number? Like, what? Which she went, and so anyway, long story short, I, I had enough courage, and I asked my wife. We talked on the phone a couple of times. I finally asked her on a date, and so we went to the date, our first date. I remember our first date. We went to um, the South Bend Silverhawks game at the time. They weren't the Cubs at that point. The Silverhawks game, and we and we um, we kind of hit it off, and we started dating from that point on. Um, 
And so we're dating, you know, for a while. And I don't remember exactly when it happened, but at some point in this dating relationship, and it was probably awkward because I'm kind of an awkward guy, but at some point in this, in this dating, I dropped the words, I love you. I don't remember when, I don't remember, I wish I had that moment, but I don't remember that. And I, but I talked about that, I love you. But here's the thing, it wasn't the first date when I, when I dropped those words. It wasn't the first week, it wasn't even the first month. It was a while. I didn't tell my wife that I loved her until after I got to know her. I, I, I got to know her, and the more, the more that I, I got to know her, the more I got those feelings of like, oh, I think I love this girl, I love this person. And so I, you know, and then in my heart, I think I loved her before I actually told her, like it took, you know, I was a guy and I was in my 20s and it took some courage to get that up to like, okay, how am I gonna tell her this or whatever? But, but, I, but I knew her. I knew her before I loved her. And then as we started, you know, dating more and more, I told her that the more I knew her, the more I loved her. And so if you're in a dating relationship, that gets to a certain point. And then I, I loved her so much that I asked her to marry her. She said yes for some reason, but she said yes. Um, no, she said yes. And so, but, but the point of this, all, all this story of, of getting to, the more I knew her, the more I loved her. And it's still true to this day. And she's not even in the room, so I'm not trying to like, you know, brown nose or whatever. But I, the more I know my wife, the more I love her. And I tell you that story because I think the same is true with God. And I don't know if it's that way in your life, but I'm gonna speak for my life too. The more that I know God, the more I love him. The more I love him. And I would even argue the more I know God, the more he loves me. And I won't, I don't know if he, I won't say that. That's, that's wrong. I can't say the more he loves me, the more I recognize his love for me. I'll say it that way. The more I know God, the more I recognize that he loves me. But it all has to do with me knowing God and knowing his love. And so with all that said, we're going to hold that thought for a second. We're in a series um, that we're like week four, I believe, um, called Living in Love. And we're studying the book of 1 John. And if you've been here, if you haven't, that's okay. You can go back and watch these, our messages. But the book of 1 John is essentially all about love. It's all about love. And so that's why it's called Living in Love. Last week, Pastor Clint um, did a message on uh, fighting in love. It was on, a, on spiritual warfare and how we can fight for our, for our love and for our love for God. And so we're going to continue that today. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. And in this scripture, there is, it's only five verses, but there is an awful lot in these five verses. And obviously, because the book of 1 John is about love, there's a lot about love in here. So we're going to start, we're going to be in verses 7 through 12. So 1 John verses uh, 4, chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. It'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible, but I'll read it. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who knows 
love, wait, let me start that again. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so the title of today's message is Knowing His Love. And there's a lot in this, again, in this message about love. I could preach up here for probably eight hours just on those five verses about love. Luckily for you guys, I've narrowed it down to seven hours. So, no, I'm just kidding. We won't be here that long. But there is a lot in here. But what we're going to focus on today is God's love for us and knowing God and knowing God's love. And so I'm going to give you some characteristics of what I think um, God's love is for us so we can learn to recognize his love. And so it's, it's, that's the message today is about God's love for us. So with that said, will you pray with me before um, I dig right into our points? Yes, yeah, so God, we thank you so much uh, for, for loving us. God, if I think about all scripture that you've given us, probably the central theme is, is love. And so we thank you so much for that. And so today, God, I just ask that you um, get me out of the way and let your, my words be your words this morning, God. When we talk about your love for us, just let it be reassuring and comforting and knowledgeable for us to, that we can understand your love for us. We just invite your Holy Spirit in um, to, this, to this message, God. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So today I've got um, a couple points, one kind of main point with some, with some characteristics, but the first point you can write this on your handout if you have it is we can know God more when we learn his love, which is kind of knowing God, right? It's simple. When you learn his love. In verses seven and eight from our scripture, from our text, it says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And so we first must know God and how he loves to understand that love. And so to, to kind of unpack this point, let me give you an example um, from my life in my relationship with my father, my dad, my, my earthly father. His name is Tim. Um, so I'm going to preface it with this. So you got to understand the story. There is huge, huge, huge value. You're going to see here in a second. There's huge value in the words, I love you. Huge value in the words of, I love you. But I'm going to tell you the opposite of that here in a, in a second. We'll talk about my dad. So there is without a doubt that I know 100% that my dad loves me. 
I don't question that one bit, not one bit at all. I, I never have, really. Um, but I will tell you with my dad, I can count on two hands, maybe even one hand, if I really think about it, the number of times my dad told me, I love you. Like, he just didn't say that. That's really not his character. But again, I don't want to say this because, like, I was sad. Like, I knew he loved me, but I knew he loved me because I knew him. And the older I got and the more that I got to understand my dad, the more I knew different ways that he showed me his love without saying, I love you. He showed me, um, he taught me an awful lot of stuff. I was able, my wife and I, we were able to build our, our first house because of my dad worked construction and the things that he taught me. He taught me those things, and that was his way of saying, I love you. Um, my dad was always around. I was involved in athletics. Um, I know that doesn't look like it, but I really was. I was involved in athletics from an early age all the way up through high school, and my dad was at either coaching me or at, I think, every single game. I can, you know, I can count on one finger probably the number of times I remember my dad not being there. He didn't say I love you, but that showed me he loved me. I knew, when I knew that, I knew that my dad loved me. So even though he didn't say it, the more I knew my father, the more I knew my dad, the more I knew he loved me. And I say that because it's the same way with God. The more we know God, the more we know the different ways that he loves us. And again, there's huge value in saying I love you. I'm not trying to downplay that. And if you read scripture, God says I love you in here. I don't know how many times. I was going to say hundreds or thousands. It's not that many, I don't think. But he tells, says a lot that I love you. So there's value in that. But we also learn these other ways that God will love us, just the other ways that my dad loved me. And so I've, I've come up with, through scripture, through our main scripture, through some other supporting scriptures, I've come up with, I have eight, and it sounds like a lot, but there's way, way more than this that we could go. We, we seriously could be here for eight hours if I gave you all the characteristics of God's love. But I've got eight of them that I've taken from this scripture and, and another scripture, um, and you can write these down. Um, they're just one word, but characteristics of God's love. The first one is this, that God's love is free. God's love is free. And by free, I mean we didn't have to earn it. It's not like we didn't have to pay for it. I'm not talking about free money-wise. I'm talking about it's free. To, uh, we don't have to earn God's love. It's already there. In 1 John 4, 10, the first part of, of verse 10, it says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. We didn't have to do anything for God to love us. It is free to us. It's just there. It doesn't say, now that we love God, God loves you if you love him back. It doesn't say if, does it? It just says we love because God first loved us. He loved us, totally freed us. We don't have to earn his love. It's free. That's a characteristic of God's love. Another characteristic of his love is that it is sacrificial. That's the second thing you can write down. In the second part of verse 10, right, it says, not that, the first part says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and then here's the sacrificial part. 
He sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God loved us. Everybody in this room, everybody listening to this message, guys, everybody on earth, whether you accept Jesus into your heart or not, God loves you so much that he sent his son. God's love is sacrificial. It's sacrificial to us. And when I thought about that word of, of sacrifice, in fact, that God gave his son for me, look, this, this sacrifice, this, this is not an ordinary sacrifice. I can sacrifice some things in my life. I can sacrifice some time. I can sacrifice money. I can sacrifice food to give to the needy or whatever. I can sacrifice things. But all the things that I can sacrifice pale in comparison to sacrificing a son. And that's what God did for us. So to understand God and his love for us, we have to understand the sacrifice that he gave his one and only son for us. God's love is sacrificial. The next one you can write in, God's love is forgiving. It's forgiving. Earlier in the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's pretty forgiving love. Here's a newsflash for you. I'm not perfect. Sorry to disappoint you all, but I'm not perfect, right? But I, so I say that because there's only one human that ever roamed the earth that's perfect, right? We're all in the same boat. So we're sinners, but God loved us so much that he's saying, I will forgive you of those sins. This forgiveness, understanding God's love, this is, it's not a new concept for me, but I recently, and I don't know, like within the past year recently, have really started to understand that characteristic of God's love being forgiving. So like you said, I'm a sinner, right? But I'm also re a repenter. And so I would sin and I would know things I sin and I would go to God and I would repent and say, God, I'm sorry. And I would not necessarily feel at peace. Later on, the same sin would kind of come back up into my mind and be like, oh, I'm not worthy of doing this because of that sin. And like I said, for within the last year, God has said, you've repented from that. Let it go. And that's understanding like, oh, he really does. It doesn't mean I don't sin anymore, but now when I sin and I repent, like I don't hang on to it. Like I used to repent and then a day or two later, I would still feel guilty. Now when I repent, a day or two later, I don't feel guilty because God said, I forgive that. You repent it to me and I will forgive that. That's how much I love you. My love is forgiving. And so again, I'm not saying in the sin, I, I feel that guilt, but once I repent that, it's gone because I have now started to understand the characteristic that God's love is forgiving. And guys, if he does that for me, he'll do it for you. His love is forgiving. The next one, the next characteristic, God's love is new. God's love is new. 
In John 3, 3, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So when you become a Christian, when you accept Jesus into your heart, you are essentially born again. And if you think about a baby in this world, that's a fresh start. That's new. It's the newest thing I think on earth that we can have as a baby. And so we are like that. And there's twofold to this. The one is when you first accept Jesus into your heart, you are new. You are new. But if you've accepted Jesus into your heart a long time ago, you can be new through the forgiveness. It kind of, it relates, right? So we're born again when we accept Jesus, but when we repent, we're also new. His love is new. They're, they're related, that forgiveness part, but it's new. When I, when I repent, the part of the reason that I feel better, again, like that next day or after I repent, is because his love is new. It's new. The next um, characteristic is God's love is perfect. God's love is perfect. And so I'm going to share 1 John 4.12. We read it, but I'm going to read a different version. I'm going to read the English Standard Version or the ESV. Because I like what it says. It says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And so God's love is perfect. When he enters into us, he is inside of us. And so when we live for Jesus, that love is perfect. We're going to talk about this, this scripture um, a little bit later, but in 1 Corinthians 13.8, it says that love never fails. Love never fails. So when we have God's love, that characteristic, we have to understand that God's love is perfect. When I was thinking about when I went through this list, God's perfect love, it really stuck out to me and I wanted to put in here, but it's also for me and maybe for some of us that it's, it might be the hardest one for us to understand. That like, what do you mean God's perfect love? Because when we experience love on this earth, who do we experience love for the most part from? from other humans, right? Well, other humans are imperfect. We're all imperfect. So the love that we experience from humans on this earth is an imperfect love. And so when we try to compare that love to how God loves us, it's not an accurate, like, example. Because we're flawed as humans. God is not flawed. His love is perfect. And so while it is a characteristic of his love, and it may be hard for us to understand, I think there's some people that need to hear that, that God's love is perfect. God is not human. Don't compare his love to human love because I know human love is not perfect. It can be really great, but it is not perfect. God's love is perfect. All right, three more. We're gonna kind of shift gears because these come from, these three points I took from um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, some of you are familiar with it. It's the love chapter, right? A lot of times at weddings, they'll, they will um, say this verse or whatever. But the next characteristic is God's love is fulfilling, fulfilling. So in 1 Corinthians 
13.2, the first part of this verse, it has all these things. It talks about gifts and knowledge and faith. It says, okay, if there are all these things, if you have these things, if you have these good things, if you have gifts, if you have knowledge and faith, you have all of that. Those are good things. It's good to have those. But then it says this, but if you do not have love, I put a word in there, you, you do not have love, then I am nothing. And so you can have a lot of really good things in your life. But if we look at scripture and it says, if we don't have love, specifically God's love, it says, I am nothing. So God's love fulfills us. It fulfills us. When we have love, when we have God's love, guess what? We have something. We have something. We are empty without God's love. The next characteristic is God's love is vast. It's vast. And here's the reason I say it's vast, because it's a lot of different things. I said I'm giving you eight characteristics of God's love. It could be 800 characteristics. And so when I, when I share this verse, this is 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. There's a lot of, I could have made, you'll see it when it comes up, but there's, I could have made bullet points for each one of these. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And so all those points, right, we could make those. Those are characteristics of God's love. And instead of making a big, long list, I said it's vast. God's love is vast. And here's what I want. I want to sit on that, that scripture for a second because if we, if we marry the two, if we marry the first Corinthians scripture with the scripture that we had today where it says, the scripture today says, God is love, right? I think it's in verse eight for today. God is love. So now if we look at the first Corinthians scripture and we replace the word love, you can bring that back up. If we replace the word love with God, that really gives us a description that helps us understand God's love. So I'll just read it. I didn't change it up here, but I'll read it as God, right? So it says, God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no records of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. And so when we read it that way, you can see all the different characteristics of God's love for us. God's love is vast. And then the last thing you can write down, characteristic, God's love is the greatest. It's the greatest. Acts 
after all those verses, and it sums up, and it comes and it says, and this is verse 13, 13, 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, says, and now these three remain, all these things, it goes through, there's, it talks about all these things, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I have a lot of love in my life. I have a lot of people, like we talked about my wife at the beginning, right? I love my wife and I love my kids and I love a lot of you sitting in this room. I love a lot of things outside of people. I joke about it, but I love food. I love Purdue. I love a lot of things. But the greatest thing that I have in my life is God's love. It is the absolute greatest thing that I have in my life. And that is not to downplay all the other things I love. Those are, I, I, I hold those really high. That's how great God's love is for us. His, the characteristic of God's love is his love is the greatest thing. We need to get to know God to understand his love. Let's go back to verse 8. 1 John 7, 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Guys, we have to know God to know what true love is. There's a saying, and, I, and I've heard it um, with different words before, but I also have heard it with love, and it says, no God, like if you have no God, then you have no love. But if you know God, then you know love. And I will say this, there's a literal meaning to this, that if you don't know God, I would argue that you don't know true love. But I also think too, if you, if you do know God, and I'm speaking for my life again, there are times in my life where if I'm not being very loving, if I really think about those times, those are times where I am far from God. I'm not as close to God as I need to be. Where I don't know God like I should, where I'm not pressing in. And so there's a the little meaning. Get to know God, accept Jesus and know God to know love. But if you know God, draw even closer to him and get him to know more because the farther you are from God, the farther you're going to be from love. And again, that's from my own experience. The farther I am from God, the farther I am, the less loving I really am. And so that's our first point. Is that we can know God more when we, I got to look it up, when we learn his love. And the second point, I'm going to touch this really, really briefly. We can know God more when we love like him. In verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It's complete when we love like God. So again, I go back to my father, and I'll even bring my mom into this. 
right? My mom and my dad, my parents, they loved me when I was a child. But it wasn't until I had kids of my own that I really understood their love for me. It's like, oh, I get it now. Because the way I love my kids was the way they loved me. Well, guess what? Our father, he loves all of us. We're all his kids. That's how he loves us. And and when I had kids, I understood that fatherly love. It took until I had kids to know how to love others and how I was loved through people. So you can write this down. This is the last point, but loving others completes God's lesson on love. So we talked about these characteristics, these lessons on love. Loving others completes that. And I'm not going to talk much more. I could go on and on because I don't want to ignore what happened in our main scripture. But what's going to happen in the next two weeks, especially next week, Pastor Clint is going to talk more about loving others. And so I'm kind of leaving this as this hanger there. That's why I'm not going to talk too much about that. So come back and we'll learn. Pastor Clint next week will talk about loving others. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.